we are back in the Football Shed, your weekly podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello, sorry. Roger, uh, mid drink. <laughs> what, what are you drinking? It's a bit different to your usual uh, yeast waters. Uh, yeah, I've moved on to the fine red wine. <laughs> oh, oh, you've joined the red wine club? I have. Yeast water sounds like he has an infection, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he has an infection where he doesn't want one. Um, Stinging yeast water. <laughs> Have Citrusy. Got, <laughs> have you got Aldi red wine or have you mm. got uh, caved? Uh, no, what delivered wine. Wine uh, that turns up in a box. Well, oh, you got goon. Goon. No, no, like a big box of lots of bottles. Oh, uh, wanker wine. Wanker wine. <laughs> right, that sounds more like me. There we go. Um, Glad we got there. Just trying to get through this bottle of gin, John. I'd say half a bottle in a week's. Pretty good. I'm yeah. getting there. I'm getting there. Progress. It'll be gone by next week. Are you enjoying it, or are you just? It doesn't matter. Like this, <laughs> this is what we. This is what you miss. This is, this is what you miss. In my principle enjoyment is secondary to price, <laughs> which is just for... such a bizarre philosophy. But anyway, well, I bought. Shut my, up, uh... Mister Yeast Infection. <laughs> I bought my Aldi wine. Great. Um, but they didn't have my usual one, so I've got a slightly fancier one. And this is where you say it ticks both the price and taste option, John. No, it's not as good. I would prefer this. Have we contacted one. them this week uh, for sponsorship? No. Oh, I assumed it was your normal. All I heard was Audi wine, and then I just blanked out after that. So You mean it was a different Audi wine? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I paid $2 more for this one. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't taste $2 better. Um, <laughs> every week we start with a question, but before we do, I'm just going to do a bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question, tell us we're wrong about something, uh, just find us on Facebook or and search Football Shed. Or you can email us on footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe um, and leave a review and of course tell your mates so more people can hear us talk nonsense. This week's question, I'm quite excited about this question because when I read this fact, it made me really happy. Oh, here we go. So, what team has lost... Man United. Uh, no. The most Premier League games ever. Everton? No. Aston Villa? No. Liverpool? No. Tottenham? No. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's give this some thought, Roger. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So yeah. think of the teams well, I'm just, that... Do you know, I'm not actually thinking about any football thing. I'm like, who does John hate yeah. that makes so him happy? Premier League? Not... Yeah, so Premier League games ever. Everton a second and Villa a third. Okay. So some good shouts. Mm. They're currently in the Premier League, but they've gone in and out of the Premier League a few West times. West Ham. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there we go. West Ham. <laughs> so it's all going wrong for West Ham at the moment. When I read that, it just made me giggle. I, um, I spoke to a mate who's a West Ham fan the other day, and um, it was really hard to hold back my real opinion. <laughs> and, and I felt like, like because, you know, if you're a West Ham fan, what you don't want is to just be having a casual chat with me and go, oh, you support your West Ham and have me just rip you to shreds. That's not fun. <laughs> like, that's not the joy of football. <laughs> so you do it so, here so I, I was like thinking about all of the good things I could say about West Ham <laughs> and they were all from like 2007. <laughs> Tevez. <laughs> <local> <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank Lampard wasn't that excited? Yeah, Joe Cole. Yeah, woo. <laughs> Even Freddie Canute. One of more recently. That's the thing. Like, I, 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 so then I started thinking through this this year's team, and I was like, oh, I like Haller, but then he's like, oh no, he's not very good. I'm like, oh yeah, fair enough. He's not very good. <laughs> like, oh, who have I got left? I said, your best player is your right back. He plays up front. Oh, and, I told totally, you. Yeah. <laughs> Not a yeah, so I felt a bit bad for him. Um, well, this week, um, we won't start on West Ham. We will start on Liverpool. Congratulations to Liverpool. They have won the Premier League since we've last recorded. Uh, Liverpool have officially won the Premier League for the first time in 30 years. Um, quite impressive. I, I feel really. a bit bad here because like, when it happened, I was... I was quite excited. Like I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I. But now it's the best part of a week. Ago, you don't care. Yeah, a little bit. I feel <laughs> I feel bad for the Liverpool fans because the sort of the for me the gloss has worn off it a bit already. Like there was lots of my dad's a passionate Liverpool fan, so yeah. you know there was lots of. Um, I, I I feel like it was also quite Liverpool that it happened by default as well. Yes. That it was another. It was Man City losing asterisk. rather than yeah. uh, Liverpool winning. <laughs> we'll get to the asterisks, but and um yeah, trending on Twitter. But um, I, yeah, I just, I just felt for them a bit of the time. I was genuinely excited. Whereas now, I feel like I don't know whether it's the new world we live in, but I feel like that was so long ago that my excitement levels are dipped. Well, a bit. if they, if they yeah. had won it 
in the normal world, if you want to call it that, um, they would have played at home. They haven't, wouldn't have played at home yet, but they would have done a parade, wouldn't they, of this week? Yeah. And they would have yeah. gone through. The, that would have been big news, and they would have been presented the trophy at the next game at home, which is... When do they play at Villa um, on Saturday? Um, so they would have got presented the trophy then. They would talk about getting presented the trophy, and I, which I presume they will then anyway. But it's just not been... They had like the one night of partying and then it kind of went a little bit sour because fans gathered. So And then it just became much <coughs> more of a, oh, well done. They've done well. And then there's been so many games. Yes. Yeah, football's just, gone on. Yeah. The, it, it's weird. It felt a bit like, I'm not sure if you noticed this in the media, obviously, that you know, we're not in Liverpool, so we're not experiencing it firsthand. Uh, but it felt like every football journalist has spent the last three months perfecting their Liverpool won the league story. <laughs> and then as soon as Liverpool won the league, they always press submit, submit, submit. So suddenly every media out there you can see has this beautifully, beautifully refined like <laughs> tactical analysis of Liverpool's whole seasons and congratulating them winning the league. What they've been doing in lockdown. Liverpool have the same because they released that, they... you know, wonderfully produced like video with Klopp speaking and stuff yeah, immediately when they won it. All and you're like, been doing, well, you yeah. obviously didn't just whip that together. That's been on the shelf for That's a while. It. In the last but... three months, people have been preparing for Liverpool to win the league and then just like, oh, thank fuck that's over. Prescend. Yes. But, you know, I say that as a bitter twisted Everton fan. I don't, I don't really mean it. Congratulations, they were a phenomenal team this year. They, they, I mean, they deserve to win it, and they deserve to win it by as far as they yeah, can. Yeah, and, and I think particularly in the context of last season, when they were so good and pushed Man City so close and got 97 points and didn't win, I think... I, I thought it was going to break them. To, to then kick on again after that, I think you just have to tip your hat. Like, yeah. And the, the way that they've done it is, you know, from a long way out. The incremental improvements under Klopp, yeah. um, you know, over a number of seasons to the point where now I think, you know, we've we've talked about it a bit this year, but they're probably one of the best teams that we've seen in the Premier League. Oh, definitely. And I um I did post on Facebook that um there's like a Optus published a net spend of champions mm. and Liverpool this season spent 8.6 million. You got owned on that though in Facebook, John. Yeah. You got owned. <laughs> I did. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> um, and then like Man City spent 150 <clears throat> the season before, Man United spent 150 when they last won it or whatever. And uh, But <laughs> then, yes, Phil on Facebook did own me on that <laughs> because last season, the season before, Liverpool spent... 150 million, and the season before that, they spent 175 on one defender. Yeah, yeah. So it has been a long time coming, but they've got it set now. Do you reckon they can do it again next year? <coughs> um, it's very hard. The second season is very hard. Obviously, Man City won it two years in a row, and that was um, a statistical anomaly, wasn't it? The winning two years in a row is very, very hard. It's the first um, time in donkeys. And what gave Liverpool the the gumption to go on and do what they did this year was being so close and not having it and knowing that from the first game of the season they just had to win a draw wasn't good mm. enough and you could tell the way they were in the last 10 minutes of football games that that was what they had to do that comes from the taste that they had in their mouth at the end of last season so but, they don't have that in their mouth this season but I don't think it's just that I think it is also the fact that now kind of un-Liverpool like they are a very, very well-run football club and they have the structures in place that I think they are now going to be at that very top table for a while because because they've got it all there. And I think, um, you know, it's not just Klopp, it's the people he's um, mm. surrounded him with. I was reading a... I'm going to the detail about it, but I was reading a really interesting article about the World Cup. So Klopp 2018. At 2018 World Cup. So Klopp and one of his trusted assistants were at the World Cup, and there's been, um, uh, you know, some of the correspondence they had during the World Cup come out. So they were messaging each other, and that's that's come to light. And, what, and they've essentially realised that set pieces changed at the World Cup. So some of it was the officiating with VAR, and some of it was just how teams were um, defending and, and attacking set pieces. So season before um, World Cup, Liverpool. You know, something like scored 12 goals, conceded 12 goals from set pieces. So, mm. you know, average middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, the season immediately after the World Cup, so last season, 2018-19, yeah. um, they scored 26 goals from set pieces and conceded six. 
which was the best in the league by an absolute mile. And they, you know, they'd done all this work to perfect that. And this is the same time they also brought in the throw-in coach. Yeah, okay. So there's all these, you know, whilst we look at them and like I look at them the other day and, you know, they scored four amazing goals. And, yeah. you know, like Fabinho's 30-yard hit, yeah, Salah's so finish. Good. You look at their individuals and you go, these guys are brilliant players. But I think the thing that Liverpool also have now is all that stuff behind the scenes. And, and a team, yep. yes, Klopp's incredibly important, but I think it's also the club. And, I mean, even the transfer strategy, these are the same people that were there when Brendan Rodgers were there. Yeah. And he had a hell of a lot of and there was all, in the news. It was always like, "Oh, the transfer committee have fucked up again." All the transfer yeah. committee have done this. It's the same people. You never hear about them now, yeah. and it's all the same guys. So I think you have to give, give Klopp credit for that. But I suppose what I'm saying is, I think when you put all that together, I don't just see them suddenly disappearing. Um, disappearing. So whilst I agree, Jeff, it will be mm. hard to maintain the level they the have for the last two yeah. years. I think they'll be challenging the only- it's funny what you're saying about set pieces so it wasn't just the world cup it, it, a report was released in 2018 that um statistically analyzed the percentage of goals scored from certain moments in football and they say goals <clears throat> for every attack in open play you score 1.1 percent of the time Wait, say that again for every attack in open play you mm-hmm. score 1.1 percent of the time that doesn't seem like a lot no. but considering there are 230 attacking moments in a game of football yeah, for okay. each side. So you, you know, that's yeah. why, you know, you average score two and a bit goals yeah. a game. Um, but from the set piece, you score 1.8% of the time. Now, that, yeah, that okay. doesn't sound like a lot, again, but that marginal difference in a game where you can win 1-0 is absolutely huge. So the teams that really put a lot of effort into their set plays yeah. are actually statistically more advanced. You know, they're more likely to win than the teams that don't. And then you look at some of these managers that come into... I won't go on too much of a tangent here. Some of these managers that come into the game and they're... Uh, I remember... Um, when, uh, what was his name, who was West Ham manager, Slaban Bilic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the rock star. He's West, West Brom manager. Yeah, now. West Brom manager. He used to take short corners all the time. Who mm. remember, he used to take short corners and then it got a cut inside. But what he was doing was he was he was removing the statistical advantage of the 1.8% and putting it into a 1.1%. Yeah. That, that is madness. So a more astute footballing mind who had done their research, who had got the right coaches in, Sean would Dush. go... Sean Dyche has survived in the Premier League for a very long time because he knows that 1.8% is better than 1.1% and also those the Sean Dyche Tony Pulis's of the world make quite average teams survive in the Premier League and look okay-ish all okay. they do is get points but they just yeah they work percentages Sam Allardyce was the best at it they, do, they defend well and they work on the percentages mm. and it, what Liverpool have done is they, they haven't let go of their attacking flair and yet they've added the 1.8 instead of the 1.1 and that yeah. that is football masterclass really do you, are the only concern I guess I have for Liverpool carrying on is that Klopp's come out and said just because of Covid they don't have as much cash flow so they're not spending big money on players this year they backed out of the Timo Werner deal that Chelsea have signed um, and Klopp's come out and said we're going to blood the kids it's about those those guys coming through and giving them an opportunity that could work brilliantly or if you suddenly get any injury to Mane and Salah at the same time, or they both go to the African Cup of Nations whenever that goes ahead, um, and then your two kids don't perform, that's... It's a big drop. It's a big drop, and when you're playing in a league where you have to win every game, really, in theory. Man City have lost eight games this season, which we wouldn't have expected to do, but next year... I can't see them losing more than two. Or but three. those two players, if they go to the African Cup of Nations, they get Oxley Chamberlain and Naby Keita in. Like, yes, they're going to blood their kids, but yeah. they still have a second first team. <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 it's not quite the level that Manchester City. They're not looking at nine players on the bench, whatever you're allowed these days, mm. and it being better than any other team in the league. But yeah. they still have a phenomenal amount of backup players. Shakiri. Like, like, yeah, they've I got some very, very they good still, reserves. And apparently when they backed out of the Timo Werner deal, they were considering the African Cup of Nations. And yeah. so they've made a decision that it's not going to go ahead anytime yeah, soon. Okay. And that's one of the reasons they were comfortable to not. Yeah. And um, Rianne Brewster's been on loan at Swansea. Sorry, Rianne Brewster. Yeah. yeah. I Sorry. thought his name was Ryan. No, Rianne. No, Rianne. Ryan Brewster. R-H-I-A-N. This is like your William... 
William. William. Oh, William. There was a commentator on TV that called him William the other day. Did you see that? It doesn't <laughs> make it right. No, I'm not kidding you. They were calling him William. I think it's you know one of those shorts, like three minutes, and it's like the SBS ones, like the, the Aussie bloke. Calling him William the whole time. I'm like, come on, get in. Get in. <laughs> it's William. There he is, old Wills. Um, Rian Brewster um, has been Ryan. on loan. <laughs> Ryan Brewster has been on loan at um, Swansea since the start of the year, and he's... Top scorer for Swansea since then, and he's a Liverpool player. He scored a hat trick. Yeah. So there's a lot. They've got a lot of young players there. So maybe they've got it already. Um, let's move on to people who can challenge Liverpool next year. So Chelsea beat Man City to win Liverpool the league. Um, I did enjoy the stat that um, Frank Lampard has won more leagues for Liverpool than Steven Gerrard because uh, <laughs> he got them across the line. Um, Man City, are they going to challenge them next year? They've sold Sane last night. Well, uh, let's talk about Chelsea first. Sorry, right? Right. So, the Chelsea's last five games in all competitions, they beat Liverpool 2-0. They beat Chelsea, so beat Everton 4-0. They beat Villa 2-1. They beat Man City 2-1. And they beat Leicester 1-0. It's not a bad run. Uh, I mean, what's going on? And you have said vehemently on this... That he's crap. Podcast. I mean, and, and he is—he is crap. But maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I have to accept that there's well, there's a part of that I, I don't understand. Look, they are compiling one of the most exciting young sides I can remember. Yeah, they're you know the average age of of their exciting players is about 21. It, it's phenomenal what they're putting together. But then they're they're replacing the very old heads, mm. the Pedros, with. 25, 26-year-old old heads. Who were top of their game. Who like, were absolute peak. Yeah. And also, the, the fact that they've had this transfer ban and the fact that, um, that Abramovich has not invested in a long time. This is the... You, you know the, the old adage, when there's blood on the streets, buy property. Yeah. The fact is, when things are chaos, if you're the one investing, then by the time yeah, things are not chaos anymore, you are the, you are the biggest fish yeah. in the pond. Yeah. What Chelsea are doing right now is they're going in for everybody. Yeah. And they are there's blood on the streets in the Premier League and they are buying property. They are going to come out of this thing so much stronger than they ever went into it. They've they Do you from think a that's financial because I, I mean I just I find that really interesting because I you know, it feels like Abramovich has been taking a back seat for a few years now where he's just sort of been letting things run along. You know, they have their clear model of making money by buying lots of young players and then selling them for a lot more than they bought them for and that continues to make the money but I feel like you know it's been well documented Abramovich doesn't go to many games anymore it's not allowed in London or hasn't been allowed in London he's just not invested so what do you think is the trigger for him as he suddenly interested again or is it just that he sees this is a good time it's a business opportunity in my opinion if I if I of all of the teams in the top six top seven in the Premier League they have no financial fair play constraints because they've been under a transfer ban yeah. Which means that no matter what they spend, they're still good to go. I was going to say, I don't think Abramovich is stance. He, he didn't call me and tell me this, but I presume he hasn't changed anything. And he's just going, well, if you've got some money in the bank, spend it. But I'm not giving you any more. And I think they've run the business well enough. And also they've not been able to spend any money. They're going to have money in the bank from the TV deals and stuff. So yeah, true. Go and spend it. And they they also had that they were going to buy this. They were going to redevelop um, Stafford uh, Bridge. Bridge, but the planning permission failed. This is probably eighteen months ago, two years ago. Yeah, which means like one there's, or two families. There's a whole yeah yeah. There's a, some some old biddies <laughs> like in this semi detached house. There was like oh I don't want that next to me. Like you already live next to it, love. You just don't want it bigger. Come on, like sell your house. Anyway, like that failed, but so it meant that they they had a kitty that was sitting on the side to do the development. That was part of their redevelopment. Uh, they they were banned from transferring players. They still sold players. They still got forty million for Morata. Yeah. And, they, and they weren't allowed to spend it. So I think that Chelsea are in such a strong position. I also think that the British government, without going to commercial <coughs> town, are very, pardon me, they're much more receptive at the moment to allowing external money to come into the UK, considering the UK is completely fucked. 
Yeah. Can we no say uh, particularly Russian money without getting too political? You can say <laughs> Russian money. All money is good money at the moment in the UK, <laughs> uh, and especially with the type especially of government. Especially if you're you know, a Tory. The, the ethos that the government has, without like angering yeah, too many just... people, the ethos the government has is quite welcoming of foreign money, especially at a time where the British economy is is crumbling. So, so I do feel like some of the restrictions placed on Abramovich in the last five years or so are going to be slightly loosened yeah. at a time where there's blood on the streets in the Premier League. Uh, how do you think the young players are going to react? to your Timo Werners and the uh, Zayic or the guy from yeah, Ajax the, the, coming one, in. one player I feel sorry for was Abraham. Yeah. I feel like Abraham like really stood up at a time where there was no one else and showed that he is a top quality Premier League striker. Yeah. The first player to be dropped from that side will be Abraham. Is, yeah. is he, I'm still not completely convinced by... T- like I know I've raved about Super Tammy but I I think he's got a lot of potential but he's not the finished article yet and I think if Chelsea want to be say challenging for the league they need another striker who is better than Tammy Abraham I, I tend to agree that Timo Werner will win your leagues Tammy Abraham will get you fourth yeah. and I think if you're going to win the leagues you need someone of Timo Werner's quality but, but it might Tammy make Abraham him kick another, on if he had another year playing centre forward for Chelsea Okay, look yeah. at the development yeah. of someone like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, right? We, we, we've joked about Dominic Calvert-Lewin for the last five years. Mm-hmm. This year, he's not going to be in for fun. and He's, he's l- definitely not going to win you the league. No, he won't win you the league. <laughs> now, Abraham is a lot better than look, and, and now, <laughs> yeah. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is probably at Tammy Abraham's level, but Tammy Abraham can be better. Like They, they probably yeah. got to an equivalent because yeah. Tammy Abraham's dropped and Calvert-Lewin's gone up. But unless you give a player a run in a side in the Premier League with a good coach, he doesn't get better. Like yeah. he, he, you keep loading him down to the championship or to other clubs. The the reason why Villa got promoted is because of Tammy Abraham. <coughs> I think the big. What do they miss Villa right now? Tammy Abraham. The big thing Chelsea have got now though is options because next season yeah. you've got Giroud, um, Tammy, Timo Werner can play through the middle. Then you've got Pulisic, Hudson Odoi, the new guy Zayic. Even Ross Barkley uh, scored goals. Still there at the moment. He'll um, go, but they've got. Yeah. Options. Mason yeah. So they've got a huge amount of options. So do you see them as title contenders for next season? They're going to win the first six games and then just dwindle. Nice. I think it's next season, and we've talked about this before, is the acid test for Frank. Like yeah. this season was a complete free hit. Didn't matter. You know, wasn't going to get the sack. Go go and do what you can, Frank. You've got no money. Yeah. See what um, happens. You see what happens. You know, Champions League, if they get it, absolute bonus. Um, I think if they do get Champions League, they will they will spend money, and then I think it will be a completely different atmosphere, and there will be a lot of pressure on Frank Lampard. I I don't if they go out and spend money, I think Abramovich will be expecting to challenge for the title. Yeah, um, I'm not, not necessarily saying they will, but I think he will be expecting to. Yeah. And Man City aren't going to go anywhere, are they? So Man City are going to go for the league. And they've sold Sane to Bayern Munich officially from yesterday. Um, Was it 50 million euro? Yeah, it's 44 million pounds and then an extra 10 million pounds if they win the league. Which Which they do every every year. year. (laughs) I I feel like that's a bargain. It is, but we don't... We, Maybe because he's injury prone, I suppose. And we genuinely have no idea what value any player has at the moment. Yeah, right now it's nonsense. Yeah. Um, how nonsense. do you feel? But I'm a bit sad because I, I love watching Sane. He's one of my favourite players to watch in the Premier League when he's going. Bayern Munich also are paying him £385,000 a week. Wow. Yeah. What's he getting Whoa. at Man City? Less than that, but he asked for the same and they went, uh, no, you're right. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't need him. Like I love watching him play. I'm, I'm with you, Roger. I think he's a great player. But City don't need him. Look at City's bench. They, they've got my, got my favorite mate, mm-hmm. Mares, that just it's actually in. been brilliant. This yeah. Year. But no, I know. I I tend to disagree because I think they've really missed Sane this year. There were some moments last year when, although he wasn't playing every game, he changed games. So there's a couple of ones I really remember from the Champions League where he, I think he got like a last minute goal and got an assist. Maybe it was against Schalke last yeah, year yeah, in the I Champions League. That, yeah. But he just has that, you know, wow something factor. different. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, as much as anything, that extreme pace that they don't really have anyone else like that. They've got Sterling, but I think um, he gives them something different. Yeah, I, I struggle to see Man City getting... 90 points next year. You're going to need 90 points to win the league. 
They lost eight this year. They still have problems at the back. You might not need 90, though, if it will go on to some other teams. If all of a sudden next season it's a four-horse race, yes. it's not a 90-point season. No. Well, because I was going to say, bringing in the fourth horse is a, a certain Man United. Um, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The fourth horse is Leicester right now. Man United are the fifth horse. No, for next season. I'm talking. Oh. This is challenges to Liverpool for next season. Okay, so you don't think Leicester have got a shout next season? No. I'm with John on this, no, unfortunately. No I think Leicester are going to... Do you think they're even going to get a top four this season? Before we get onto that, we'll get onto top four in a minute. Let's talk about Man United being challengers next okay, year. Okay, okay. John likes this threat. Yeah, Let's give him yeah, a bit yeah. of uh, yeah. Man United could win the league next year. That's all I've got. Um, <laughs> but then they won 3-0 again this morning. Second 3-0 in a row, mm-hmm. um, having beaten Sheffield United 3-0. Um, the Pogba-Fernandez uh. axis, your favourite, Jeff, is looking really good. Um but g- genuinely, Man United seem to have momentum. They've undefeated in 15. They've found a way of playing they're comfortable. They seem to have stayed fit in the break. They've stayed motivated, which a lot of teams have maybe struggled with a bit. Um, if they can sign two or three more players, I think they could be challenging next year. You say that every six months. Well, yes. we, we, I mean, we're, just, we're just two or three players away from it. <laughs> well, but I, I do think this is the closest that they've been a challenge in for a long time. Like, I wasn't particularly optimistic at the start of this year with United, but maybe it's because we haven't watched football for a while. But I think it's it's not only what you've got going forward, and that is options and... Um, I, I and think goals now. And goals, yeah. I, but I think the other thing is you're keeping clean sheets. Mm. And that's what United have always... Like this morning, I watched that game. Defensive solidity first, and then the third goal, which he scored on the counter-attack. That was like classic United. Yeah, that that was the top, like, top I just, draw goal. Yeah. Top draw. It, but I almost didn't like it, because I was like, oh God, that's what they used to the do back, all yeah. the time. But I think that <laughs> defensive solidity yeah. is is really important and I think Maguire has really come into his own but I think and the one for me that every week is just getting better is Wan-Bissaka because yeah. we talked about him being a defender now he's, he's got to two, two assists in the last two weeks he just you can see he's like adding these bits to his game every week and I I think he was a great signing and, and he really adds something you get a centre back and a left back I think that's a pretty formidable do you know Wan Bissaka cost more than Sane went to Bayern Munich? Yeah, there you go. yeah. <laughs> I mean, United have different been time though. overpaying for players for a long time. But one thing that um, really this morning highlighted to me, and, and I don't, I'm gonna look caveat this with I like having football back, right? Yes. So this complaint yeah. is not like I wish you should take it away, <laughs> and I don't deserve my nice new play thing. Yeah. My nice new play thing is good, and I like football. Yeah. However. Fuck right the drinks breaks and the subs. <laughs> what 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 it's done? I know, okay, I'm not getting annoyed that the football's broken up play. So I'm yeah. not saying, oh, isn't it annoying that they go off for a drinks break? Isn't it annoying that you can have bloody thirteen substitutions? Yeah. Right. What it takes away from me is more substantial than that. It takes away the chaos of the game. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is, if Man United have got two injuries in the first half, doesn't matter. They've got another 36 subs that they can bring on. Yeah. So the, the chaos of a game of football, the unpredictability of a game of football, players going down with cramp on 80 minutes is taken away because drinks breaks and five substitutions, which means that more what we what this does is it leans more towards the good team beats the worst team because yeah. it actually it sterilizes the play. It goes the the beauty of football, the the one nil to the away team that has one shot on target because it just so happened that the centre back had cramp and they'd used all of their substitutions and the right back goes in goal. Yeah. That beauty of football is completely removed in this format because of those. I understand why they put it in. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it all, and I like football. I like that it's back, but. Jesus, I, I hate don't the think drinks it's... breaks. I absolutely <clears throat> detest them. They're uh, they're completely unneeded. Your professional sportsmen get get rid of twenty not, degrees. Like that's a, it's twenty. Yeah, yes, it's not. 20 if we were playing <laughs> in forty degrees, I get it. Yeah. What's the rule in in, in Australia in the A League? If it's thirty five degrees, you get a drink. Yeah, thirty five, yeah. not twenty. I'm I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah, I I do agree to a point. I don't like that in the. I only ever watch rugby union during the World Cup. Really, that's the only time I really watch it. And I watched the last World Cup. And suddenly, in the last four years since I last watched rugby, and Rod, you know more about rugby than me, but suddenly you're allowed 75 million substitutions, and then halfway through the second half, you go, oh, all the fat blokes, 
you go and sit down. We've got this other bunch of fat blokes to come on. <laughs> and they all come on. And you go, hang on. Japan have been trying really hard against these bunch of fat blokes. They're just tired. They're tired. Oh, we'll bring on some new fat blokes. It's only eight subs. Only eight. Only eight. Can, it's half the team. You can have a... And then you need to choose your split between backs and forwards. Yeah, this isn't a rugby yes. podcast. But, but, but it's frustrating. So it's yeah. It sterilises the game. And when I look at how many subs are being made, I understand... Tactically, if you're Man United and you're the better team, which they were this morning, of course you'll be making all these subs. Of course you'll be keeping everyone fresh, mm. making sure you take drinks breaks, because you just put it to bed. But that takes away something that I love in football. But hopefully it's not real, Jeff. It's temporary. Yeah, it's only till yeah. this bit's over and then we're back to real. Um, there's one other thing I want to talk about this morning. Lest we all die. Okay. Mason Greenwood. How good is Mason Greenwood? Do you know what? Oh, come on. His stepovers are like my stepovers. Like, he looks like... <laughs> like I did uh, think, think of you this morning. A little, <laughs> a little bit quick, but it wasn't the stepover. It was almost a shift of it's weight. It's like a giraffe playing with a ping pong ball. But, do you know, I think he he's 18, right? Yeah. I would say he's almost got a trademark finish. He goes yeah. near, near post, post every all time, the time. Yeah. And there's no, there's no one else that does yeah. that. You're low and hard near post, and it it's kind of working. I'm like, if I was a keeper, I'd be like... Definitely go don't yeah. get yeah, beaten. Then you can't cover near post. If you're a keeper yeah. and you cover near post, you've opened you've up. Got the but he just seems like, to be brilliant. really good at it. And I kind of think having a Pinpoint, trademark yeah. finish at 18 is pretty amazing. So that's his sixth goal for the year. Um, it's... Uh, Fifth low hard near post. The <laughs> yeah. first player... So that's most goals scored by an under 18 player since Rooney. Got nine in two thousand three, two thousand four. Wow. I, I, I was really I'll, surprised I'll, I'll, at that. I'll one up that stat, John uh, Rog. It's the most league goals this season for any under nineteen player in the top five leagues in Europe. Yeah. There you go. But I, well, but, but I think it's more. But I'll that... one up that. What a fucking nonsense bunch of stats they are. Yeah. Like just because he's up, like, come on. Well, I've no, been but it's, seeing it's, that it's, stuff it, reeled off. No, but it surprises me that. You know, because we do get a lot of good young players coming to the Premier League. No one has scored more than six goals as an 18-year-old since 2003. In his 18 starts, he's had 13 goals and four assists. That's 16 That's years amazing. ago. And I, I think he's gone a little under the radar, that how good he is for how young he is. I don't know whether it's because Rashford's there and Martial there and we just kind of still look at them as young players and there's a lot of other Jadon Sancho's and stuff happening. There's a lot of young English players. There's not... When Rooney came through, the whole world stopped and went, Wayne Rooney, just watch Rain, Wayne Rooney and he'll do everything. There's actually a lot of good young English players around at the moment. So Mason Greenwood's <coughs> adding to it rather than being the one. Mm. It's not when Joe Cole came through at West Ham, we all went, oh, this guy's Different amazing. players. Yeah, so no, but like it's just the, the media hype. No, 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 good point, Roger. They are different players. No, but I mean, like, I think he is, he's essentially a finisher. Like, he's a pure finisher. Mm. And to me, there is always less pressure on that kind of player coming through than somebody who can create goals and do everything, who we automatically put the world on their shoulders and say, mm. you're the missing link. And you never say that <laughs> yeah. about... That's so true. You never say that about finisher. It's no. just like, oh, they score goals. But, yeah. I mean, we've been saying about Harry Kane for five years. One yeah. season wonder. Yeah. So, but I, I mean... He's never the missing link, is he, Harry Kane? I, I think the other thing... the missing link in evolution. I think, <laughs> I think the other thing about it is because he hasn't had to play every week. Yes, you've been able to play him off the bench and like you know bring, bring him in slowly. There hasn't been that pressure. I think that's the other reason why it hasn't. Can we talk about time. Leicester? Yes. Yeah, so let's go on to top four. Sorry, Jeff. Um, so I presume you want to talk about how Leicester are going to choke in the top four. Well, Leicester we were solid, sitting third. There was talk of them getting second. It was like we were, everyone was, was battling for fourth. Now they are only sitting two points ahead of Manchester United in fifth. Yeah. I don't know Three. what's going on. No, Man United 52, 55, three points ahead, pardon me. But um, is, it, is it over? I, they have come back since the restart really flat. And I, the, when I listened to an interview with Brendan Rodgers about uh, before everything kicked off again. And he spoke as if they'd already got to the Champions League. He spoke about how we just got to get the job done and be in the Champions We've got to just finish this off. We've just got to get across the line. All that talk of kind of we're going to do this rather than they're not we, focused. We've got to be up for this, and we've got to, it's going to be hard, and we've got to do a game at a time. All the kind of cliche chat that everyone loves. Um, there was definitely a change of focus, and I, I hope because I want Leicester to get top four partly because I predicted they would. 
um, that they sort out quickly and get it right. Um, preferably tomorrow morning against Everton. But I just don't. They don't have the same squad depth and options mm. though as these other teams. And we talked about it. And so a lot of it is getting on a roll, which is I think yeah. harder now. So I think they're really up against it. I think the other thing that you can't underestimate is um, the loss of Pereira. Yeah, the, the right, right back. back. Like their fullbacks are so important to the way they attack, and he's not going to play for the rest of the year. And I think that's a really and big also miss. Leicester's at the same as when they won the league. They didn't play. In, they haven't been playing in Europe, so they'd have a game, have a week to plan, have a game, have a week to plan. Whereas now everyone's playing as if they play in Europe. Cause you mm. play every three days, and like you said, without the squad depth, and if Vardy's not, that's a firing, very very good point, John. Then yeah. they're just kind of going, oh shit, we're crap. And we've only got two days to sort it out. And it's then... funny, isn't it? Because because the teams that we when we did our end of mid half season reviews, you know the the teams that were most <laughs> impressed with were Sheffield United and Leicester City, and both of those teams would come back from the break like a like a dog's breakfast. Yeah, and of course it's only a short small sample size, but we always knew it was going to be a small sample size. There are only nine games to go. Yeah, so it was always going to be like a small cup competition. You know, you have to hit the ground running and keep running and then it's over. Yes. And both of those teams have not eked back into footballing life very well. And so, if you lose momentum, getting it back... You've got no chance so to get hard. it back. Yeah, it's impossible. I, I think of the top six now, I would almost have Leicester as the outsider. Yeah, Because the other thing is Wolves have also come back playing very, very good football, solid. Yeah. I think that they... I get the impression that... You know, um, Nuno's got them together and essentially said, "We're a chance here for the Champions League. It's, it's going to be happen. this weird environment. Let's make this happen. Come back because they just they look up for it." Um, I'm going to on Wolves, like as we're talking top four. Uh, I mean, this might be controversial. Are they the most boring team in the league? Why boring? Why did you say I boring? What about bo- Man City? Because yeah, no, it's similar to Man City. They're so efficient. Wolves, brilliant at what they do, but I never. When there's a Wolves game on, I'm like, oh, brilliant, I get to watch Wolves. I always go, oh, Wolves. Like, there's, they're just, they're going to win 1 0, 2 0. They beat um, Aston Villa away from home 1 0. Like, there's never a 3 all. Is it because they're. Because they wear gold? Yes, I don't like their shirts. Yeah, and maybe, you know, where they're situated in the country. Like, do you think that part of the world's a bit boring? No, maybe. I, I think no. I think Wolves are one of the single single greatest footballing achievements in British footballing history. Well, actually, Portuguese footballing history. Okay, well, I, mean, that's, that's <laughs> like, I, also, I don't okay, know how okay, you can. I, I, let me draw that back. Slight exaggeration. Slight exaggeration. But I, I genuinely think what they have achieved, and the fact that no one is questioning it, we, we've, we've yeah, spoken yeah. about it all. Like, like the fact that they could be top four this year. They so promoted to the Premier League. Finishing the Europa League spots next year, they're pushing for top four, and they might what win the Europa League. Is this I think they will win the magic League. nonsense that we're watching? How many teams have tried and failed to get above tenth every single year? It's phenomenal. And maybe what that's done. what you find boring is that it's not surprised us that they've kind of been so good, almost like Man City. There's maybe. no emotion involved. There's, it's very efficient. And oh, but I don't know how you can say it when you've got Adama Traore in the team. No, he's exciting, but I think. Nuno Espirito Santo is also a brilliant coach. Nuno Espirito Santo. <laughs> but he also <laughs> reminds me of a young Jose Mourinho. He's like Puss in Boots from yes. Shrek. He's, just, he's Jose, with a, Jose with a beard. Okay. <laughs> um, and I can see him doing well at Wolves, getting into the Champions League, taking, I don't know, the Chelsea job and winning it with them. And then suddenly we all realise... Oh god, yeah, his football's crap, and he's just very efficient. Oh, it's no, not crap. I don't, it's not crap. I don't think. Yeah, it's crap. I don't know if I, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, I know that I'm being controversial, but I just, I will, I will, okay. The, on the like first things are like, like look at um, Doherty, and you know the fact. I love the fact that he's turned a fairly average lower league footballer into like a rampaging um, Premier League left back. I will make a statement now. I'm going to watch the Wolves-Arsenal game that's on this weekend. I'll watch the whole thing. You know, I might not watch it live because it's on at 2.30 in the we morning. We watched the Wolves game at the weekend. Yeah, it was boring. And uh, <laughs> It was a bit, it was a bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll watch the whole thing and I'm going to do a proper, rather than just me being biased, and see if... Okay, who's going to win that game of football? Wolves. Rog? Yeah, I think Wolves will win it. Exactly right. And, and, and what does that say about Wolves? Efficient, good at what they do, boring. Okay. 
but I get what you mean. Like they're solid first. That's a you know, yeah. and he's. Oh, but I think he's definitely got the best out of you know what they haven't spent huge amounts of money on their defence. No. Largely, these are players that have played in the Tom championship, Cody and everyone just came through. Willie Bolly, yeah, and, and they, you know, they've played at lower leagues, and it's just that they are very well drilled and, uh, and do coached. You know, the best thing to happen to Wolves, uh, sort of from a footballing perspective, of course, Wolverhampton, the city, has gone through a tough time because so is everyone else. Mm. Best thing to happen to Wolves is having a massive mid-year break. Remember, they started their season mm. about oh, two weeks after they ago. finished their season <laughs> because they were in the qualifying rounds of the Europa League. Yeah, and then they played so many games in the Europa League. What Jimenez on about 76 goals this season because he's played so many European games and FA Cup games but the thing is where Wolves finished their season to start again is probably a natural attrition rate of a normal footballing season they all played a full season they had a few months off now they started next season which essentially is in the same season for them give us your top uh, six then Liverpool in in order yep controversial there yep Uh, Liverpool Man City Chelsea, Man United, Wolves, Leicester. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Leicester, Wolves, Man United. Oh, fuck you, <coughs> Do Man City need to look out? No. Nah. Their goal difference is plus 44. They're, they're in a good spot. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm the same as John on this. I'm having Leicester drop down to six. I really hope they don't, because I want them to come in the top four. Talking of... Um, let's go on to a couple of other teams... One that's going really well, one that's going badly. Burnley are possibly heading for Europe. Um, eighth will get you into Europe this year, I think, apparently, depending on who wins various tournaments. And Man City's ban. Yeah. And yes. Um, but Sheffield United, it's all gone wrong since they've come back. And it's so sad to watch because you, well, personally, I just want them to do well. And it was going so well. And I, I said on here, I thought, that possibly the break could be the worst thing that happens to them. If Everton beat Leicester, by the time anyone listens to this, Everton will be on the same amount of points as Sheffield United. Yeah. and But they're not going to go down. No. So I think that's the big thing. I know oh. maybe that's a bit of an anti clock Well, <laughs> but, but at the start of the year, every single pundit in the UK yes. had Sheffield United at last place in and the And every Premier single League. one of us in our predictions. Yeah. So I think that... That was always their aim, was to stay up. And you know what? If it does, you know, sort of peter out a bit this year... So be it. And they'll go again. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, Do you reckon Burnley are going to make it into Europe? No. No. No, I hope not. Thanks. And it was the only little thing that lit up this game was Dwight McNeil. I think he is actually yes, a, he's a really good. he's a really decent player, yeah. and I think he might go somewhere the else. The better he leaves Burnley, the quicker he leaves Burnley, the better. Really. Watford are, are struggling... Um, we talked about this earlier in the year. It's like they got the bounce with Pearson, but it wasn't just Pearson. They also got Troy Deeney back from injury. Troy Deeney's not playing at the moment. Yeah, he is. Is he? he is. Yeah, he yeah. played. Oh, weekend, I thought yeah. he was. No, he came back. He's playing. Oh, he's playing. Yeah, oh. it's just not working. They're really in trouble. Then. Um, well, that's a good point. Let's... I just assumed he wasn't playing. No, he. Let's go on to the relegation because we haven't touched on the relegation yet. Watford, Bournemouth, Villa, and Norwich all lost in the last. I don't know how to say round of games since we were last on the shed. Yeah, is the easiest because there's been so many. It's a game every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, West Ham haven't played, so they didn't lose, but they'll play tomorrow and lose. <laughs> <laughs> Poor West Ham. <laughs> but those bottom five teams all look crap. Like I can't, Norwich down, but I don't know who out of Watford, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa are going to stay up purely because they're all. Just being awful. The problem is, they, they might just all lose every game. Yeah. Is, then... it, is it three from that five, do you think? Are Brighton safe? Yeah, um, Brighton safe. 33 yeah. points? I think they need one more game, one win. Brighton are safe because they got the best goalkeeper, in my opinion, in that yeah. group. And that will win you a point. Yeah. The, I mean, Watford, they're not only down there and not playing well, they look bad. When, when you watch them play, they look um, bereft of ideas. They had a brief spell in their game against Southampton where they where they were on top, but it was very brief. And you you were thinking, okay, they, they've got some structure here, but actually, they were they just didn't have any creativity or spark, and I felt for them. I wondered if the break might be good for them because they you know they were so far back, and if, you know we all thought they were gone, and then they went on a bit of a run when Pearson came in, but then it's really hard to sustain that. So I thought the break might be okay. We can. You know, just start again. This is the position we're in. So, I, 
You them staying up would be phenomenal. If they did, yeah. it would, the achievement that would be would be incredible. But I, 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 and I actually think they might, but by default, because I've just got a feeling that West Ham and Bournemouth both still think they're too good to go down. Yeah, and that could really And hurt are just going to... Their players won't have the same care level. I just don't think they do. I, think, I don't think their players are invested as those other teams, and I think they'll both go down. Bournemouth play Newcastle overnight, so I'm not going to talk about it much because it will be done by the time this comes out. But home to Newcastle, Newcastle have just guaranteed that they're staying up. They are on the beach. They should be just chilling out. Bournemouth have to win that Saint game. St. Maximan. Yes. Yeah. I, but if Bournemouth can't come out at home against a team that are mid-table obscurity and smash them, they've got a problem. And then I think they're down. But we know they've got problems. We know Villa got problems. All got problems. That's why they've all got problems. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, can't we relegate five of them? Well, yes. well I'm going. And then save Norwich. I'm going West Ham Bournemouth. With Norwich. Yeah. I've got a feeling, and I know I've, I, I just, I, I really just give West Ham a hard time every week on this on this podcast. I really, I'm, I'm apologetic, but I think that they might get out of this. Oh, really? That's I not what do, I, was, because, I thought why I thought that was going. Because yeah. they, they need pragmatism. They need to just be looking at, you know what it's like. when You're, you're only saying this because of Moyes. Exactly you're right. still clinging on to a little bit of Moyes. Moyes was interviewed today in the pre-match press conference or whatever before the game tomorrow night against Chelsea. Was he like shown, was it guess who of his players? And they go, who's this, David? And they go, <laughs> uh, is it Sacco? No, he doesn't play for you, David. Okay, who is it? Um, is it uh, Joe Cole? No, 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 David. He, he left a few years ago. No, it wasn't that. No. <laughs> Where did this come from? Is this, does this come from Carlo Ancelotti? No, no. Well, that is pretty good, Carlo Ancelotti. We, 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 we need to talk about no, that. No, I just don't think David Noyes knows who plays for West Ham. But David Noyes, for West Ham, was talking about next season. Yeah. And he was talking about how I want to build history at West Ham and I want to be here a long time and how I want to oh, create something for the club. And this, they have great fans and I'll make the club proud of what we do. Just win a fucking game. Yeah. Just don't worry about that shit right now. Don't Fans s- aren't there, David. Yeah, don't sell yourself as you get and make sure you get the job next year. Sounds like he's pitching for the job. Yeah. yeah, just shut up and make sure you win your game. But that's tomorrow. why I think they might go down. Because they think you can't, and you can't do that because you're mm. taking it for granted that you're going to stay up. But David Boys is good at just the math. He's good at going, well, what games am I going to win? What points from? And where are they going to come from? How many do I need? He when used he's... to be, not anymore. No. I think he's. He's lost it. He's gone. And when you said he's good at maths, his first statement as the West Ham manager this year was, I've won more games than some managers. Than other managers. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, there's a certain group of managers and I've won more points than them. Yeah, I just feel, I really, I, saw, I, I really feel Dave, for the man, but the Dave whole Oak. United fiasco just destroyed him as a human. Yes. Yeah, I, and that's a shame, isn't it? Uh, there was, it there is. was that moment where he was standing outside a helicopter with Juan Mata. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, 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 his gold watch was shimmering in the sun. You're like, there you go, David. It's ginger hair, just like flowing locks like Hercules. And then you realise it's all downhill from here, It's just Dave. like, it's just another reason to hate Man United, though, yeah. so I don't mind too much. Um, quickly, we'll talk about the FA Cup. Um, the FA Cup quarterfinals happened. Arsenal beat Sheffield United 2-1. Chelsea beat Leicester 1-0. Man City beat Newcastle 2-0. May not beat Norwich 2-1. Do you know what that means? Go on. It means we got a, a great semi-final lineup. Semi-finals, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Man United. They have won the last six FA Cups between the four of them. You were being genuine. Yeah, no, I am actually being genuine because I think one of the... You know, <laughs> like, whilst we don't, boring. I think the FA Cup doesn't necessarily get taken seriously anymore. It was more fun. And we've this had weekend. some slight, you know, slightly odd teams that have got to the final in in recent yeah. memory. But I actually think that, you know, you've got four of the top teams in the league there who probably all want to win a trophy. And so, what I hope that means is we get some decent games. Well, what happens in the FA Cup is you always get a couple of big teams, usually three, who get to the semi-finals, and then they go. Ooh, we could win a trophy, and then one of them wins. Take it, it seriously, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, does anyone have any side stories? Yes. Rush, go on. Oh, you're in. Uh, did anyone see Karen Benzema's back heel? Oh yeah. No, I haven't seen this. Yes, yet. yes, yes. Very, yes, very yes. good. Okay. But also something that surprised me. Oh yeah. He moved up to not in this game, but the game before. Uh, moved up to fifth. In the all-time 
Real Madrid scoring history list. Whoa! Well, he's, with he, I guess, 243 goals. He's been there a long time now. Which is ahead of Pushkas. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I just saw that and I'm like, I've always thought of him as being not quite good enough for Real Madrid. Like, But I think that does him a disservice. Cause he's, and this season, How many seasons has he been there? A Ten, lot. maybe? But this season, he might be their most important player. And he should have won the World Cup, but he fell out with Deschamps, didn't he? So he doesn't, yeah. didn't play for France. When we saw who do you, him play... Who do, you, do you think, who's a bigger dick, Deschamps or Benzema? Benzema? I, I don't know. I, I think Deschamps is a bit of a dick. But is then, he? He was a bit power hungry during that, that whole incident. Yeah. He was a bit like king of the castle. But then Benzema was doing things you're not meant to do with underage with girls. Yeah, underage. wasn't he flopping his noggin? Yeah. yeah. So that's... It's awkward. Ooh. It's an awkward one. Maybe I shouldn't have said who's a bigger dick. Yeah. yeah. Ba- maybe both At that them. point, Benzema. Maybe both of them <laughs> I don't want to be friends with. <laughs> but I um, do think you have to give him some credit for... like, Because I think we all have that attitude about him. Like that he's never quite good enough for Real Madrid. And yet he's now fifth on their all-time well, scorers I remember list. when we saw France in the World Cup in Brazil 2014. I remember saying to you, I fucking hate Benzema. He's crap. He's so shit. And then watched him live and went, Jesus, he's good. Mm. Yeah. Like, His he's, movement's amazing. He just incredible. does everything like really well, like eight out yeah. of 10 for everything. Yeah. No, he's very good. Um, I've got a side story sent to us from Chris on Facebook. Um, Ex-Hull City footballer Thomas Beattie is the first player since Justin Fashion, who 30 years ago, to come out as gay. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Chris well, shared that on Facebook. and was just like, this is some good news. Was current, like, still playing. He... Based in Singapore now, so he's played in America and Canada and plays in Singapore currently. He's thirty years old. Was that on Hole's book when he was books when he was nineteen? But um, yeah, he's just come out um, the last few weeks. So good on him. Good and on him. hopefully, it's not the last. Well, we'd have to wait another thirty years. There was a Troy Deeney interview. It's pretty that, like whilst it's great, yeah, it's pretty grim. Thirty years. It's pretty grim. Uh, the Troy Deeney interview um, that I listened to uh, again. If you ever get a chance to listen to Troy Deeney do an interview, listen to it. Oh, the guy yeah. is a modern day superhero, in my opinion. Is um, Louis Theroux interview? No, I've not oh, heard that yet. So good. The guy's just just a legend. Um, he's so honest. He comes from such a normal upbringing, and the way he speaks about his life is is phenomenal. So so get into it if you've not already. Um, but he was talking about gay footballers, and he said, "I guarantee you, there is a gay person in every single starting eleven. Full yeah. stop." He just goes, "They just don't feel safe, so they don't bother." Yeah. He's right. It's like, well, of course, on. yeah. Um, I've got two other quick side stories. Another one from Spain. I think we should probably nod to Messi having scored his 700th just do my nod. goal in about 700 overnight. games. In and not many. So 630 for Barcelona, 70 for Argentina, and his 700th goal was a panica. A panenka. Panenka. Yes, a panenka penalty, like... Amazing. I always say it wrong. Yes, Penenka. Do you know why it's called a Penenka? After the player. Yeah, the Czech Republic player. I didn't know that until recently. Who invented the... Penenka. The Penenka, yeah. Um, in, a world, gonna... in a World Cup... Uh, yes, uh, World Cup 74. Semi-final or something, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just... I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we, we know that I'm not Messi's biggest fan, but at the same time, I'm like... I can't believe you're not Messi's biggest fan. We, we literally, we live in a time... With Where the greatest, the greatest football footballer of that has ever lived is still kicking a ball, scoring seven hundred goals, and you're not his biggest fan. No, I don't like him. Oh. You're gonna be like ninety years old, and your grandkids are gonna say to you, "What was it like watching Messi?" And you're gonna turn around and go, oh, "I didn't really rate him." Yeah, didn't rate and him. then yeah. they're just gonna. No, I'll say, you. "Let me tell you about Zinedine Zidane <laughs> or uh, Zizou, as I knew him." Uh, <laughs> And then I also just wanted to go to the championship. Uh, John, I think you put this up on our social media um, accounts. Yes. I was watching the... the... Facebook. Your Tic Tac. (laughs) (laughs) Tic Tac. You got a Tic Tac? I got a Tic Tac. Tic Tac. (laughs) He's trying to trip me up here. I don't know he is. Um, But I was watching the uh, just championship highlights um, over the weekend. And it, and it was funny because I was just watching it. I had no idea that this happened until I was watching it. Um, often, often how it works. And, uh, yeah. well, well, no, because something like this you'd normally read about and then watch it because it was, um, I suppose, fairly it's controversial. So but um, it, so it was uh, Derby who uh, won a game. They've won five in a row, so they're yeah. really pushing to... Ruining the Premier League to, um, to get oh. back up to the Premier League. But um, 
they I actually can't remember who they were playing. Um oh, they're playing against Reading. Playing against Reading. But just, anyway. Just props Wayne Rooney. Remember he did that in DC United. Yeah. They were bottom of the league. Derby were yeah. rubbish. Like, like that bloke is pretty good at football. Um so Tom Lawrence is the Derby player. Yeah. And uh it's a bit of handbags at dawn with uh Matt Miazga, um, who's on loan from Chelsea. Oh, uh, yeah. But he's about three times the size as Lawrence. But anyway, it's a bit of push and shove, and then Lawrence um, gives him the the very football headbutt, and then it's just hilarious. Like I think it's the, just the thing of a slap. It's a proper when like, it's a proper slap. slap. It's and, a wet, wet fish. That, yeah, and you it? just yeah. don't you don't see somebody do that very often in anywhere let alone on a football pitch <laughs> really it was, see a slap. It was yeah. like the immediacy of it it was like headbutt slap and it just <laughs> i just i watched it ali uh my wife c- called out to me she was like why are you watching the same thing so many times and then i was like it's brilliant <laughs> just it's so recording. bizarre it's like, yeah. but he apparently philip cocku the derby manager wouldn't like lawrence has been good for them this year yeah. um and he scored a really good goal in this game uh, and so he's quite important to their promotion push. He's now banned for three games. Oh. They both got straight reds banned for three games. And Koku wouldn't talk to him after the game. Just oh, wow. completely blanked him because he needed to call off and just and it's yeah. There's been a lot of stuff on the fan forums about it. So Leeds, Leeds dropped points again. Yeah, it's all going the championship yeah. this morning. They dropped points to Luton who are bottom yeah. of the league, but they're top. <laughs> Yes. That is correct. And they're yes. topped by a bit. So I I, four actually, points. I I think the and I think they're about seven or eight clear of third. third. Yeah. Um I think Leeds might do it. Hope so. Um I've got a couple of other quick ones. Um the Women's World Cup's coming to Australia and New Zealand eee, in twenty twenty three. That's, that's really, really exciting, yeah. Hopefully the World Cup final is at the MCG and then we can all go and watch the World Cup final. You you ever watch football at the MCG? Yeah, it's crap, isn't it, actually? In I Red watched Jackson. Real Madrid, Man City at the MCG. Yeah, I think I came to that with Yeah, you. you can't see anything. No. <laughs> what was the crowd? Was it big crowd? Oh, sold out, 100,000 yeah. people, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, if it's crap for with 100,000 people in there, that's not going to improve, is it? No. No. Maybe we'll just go to Amy Park and watch loads of games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, just for you, Jeff, is... Uh, Luke Garbutt, is it Luke Garbutt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for Everton for 11 years. He has been let go by Everton today. And Carlo Ancelotti was asked in a Zoom interview, oh, so just uh, want to know like... A few words on Luke Garbutt. A few words on Luke Garbutt, long service to the club and everything. Who? Luke Garbutt? Who? And then Carlo Ancelotti turns to the side to the media man. Who's Luke Garbutt? (coughs) Who's this guy? He's like, oh, he played for he's played for Everton for eleven years. We just got rid of him yesterday. Oh no, I don't know them. Sorry. The look <laughs> on his face was like a stunned mule. It's brilliant. Like, How would the manager not know that though? I guess he's just, in the reserves. Watch, watch the video. I suppose, yeah. It's brilliant. It probably I, I just, it just shows Facebook. sort of it's you know so in modern football how removed the managers are from some of those decisions. Well, yeah, but he's been on loan this year. He's never met the bloke. And he's not in his well, first that's, year. That's what first I mean, first right. plans. Yeah, it's just pretty. It's a, just watching it in real time. It's, it's pretty it's funny. Really yeah. Good. Well, but I also. Pretty special, Luke Garber. Yeah, I was going to say I feel for Luke Garber. No, he joked about it. He, he sent a Twitter back to him with like tagged Angelotti in a video of his highlights. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so it's end game time. Jeff, you're a games master. Oh dear. Um, Can I just say I'm games master because I won last week. You won last week. So that means you're on 10 points. Yes. I'm on 11. Roger's on 13. Lucky 13. All closing up. We are, since, you know, football's back and things have changed, we now get an extra life Ugh. in the end game. Rog hates it. Rog is, is our Leicester City. He's just plummeting. And, yeah. and Jeff is our Wolves. I'm more of a Burnley. John's just Burnley. Ugly, ugly, but I'll get there in the end. <laughs> John, just John say Dyche. Jamie Carragher every week. John Dyche. <laughs> John um, Dyche. <laughs> same haircut. Okay, right. So the game is from 2012. Okay. Make your notes. 2012. The game is Everton Spurs. Spurs were 1-0 up until the 90th minute. Everton, with a stoic fight back, won the game 2-1. Phenomenal game of football. 2012. Managers were David Moyes, obviously... Dave, our mate yeah. Dave, and Andre Villas-Boas. Villas-Boas, okay. Now you get an extra life. 
We get an extra life, and who gets to go so first? So who won last week? Me. Who lost last week? Rog lost. Rog lost. So Rog goes first. Um, okay. I just need to write... 2012 is... Seven years ago. It's not seven years ago, Rog. It's eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we're in 2020 now, aren't we? Jesus. Um... Tim Cahill. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Tim Cahill did not play that game. <laughs> Already, Rush. Oh, my God. One life gone. Does that Do I go again, or does that go to no, you? No, it's my go. You just lost a life. Wow. Uh, Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines played. He's had 10 years at the club, John. That's a yes, pretty I'm, good, yes. solid guess. Uh... Funny time again. <laughs> Steve, funny Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar scored a goal the 90th minute. Oh, he started the comeback. Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman. Played right back that day. Uh, Fellaini. Marouane Fellaini played centre forward forever. In the <laughs> 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 That's what good. a crap team. <laughs> Um, that was a lie he wasn't said forward but you oh, know okay. uh, Tim Howard Tim Howard correct John you're going for the reliables well that's the whole yeah, point it's of the really game. Is. It's, it's easy when you think of them Rog we haven't named any Spurs players yet I think we spent too much time with Jeff 2012 or was it could be completely wrong here, but I think I'm going to say it anyway, just because this is exciting. Was the jelly man there, Nikita Jelovic? Jelovic scored the winner. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't gone one Spurs player. No, I'm going Spurs. Uh, Gareth Bale. He was injured that day. No wonder everyone won. Okay, no more lives. Pressure's up, Rog. Pressure's up. You've literally written jelly on See, your list. <laughs> if, you, if we haven't had the extra lives, we would have ended this after one. Now it's, there's tension in the room. It's uh, exciting. Sigurdsson. Ooh. Gilfie Sigurdsson came on as a substitute for Tottenham. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, there was only a small window at Spurs. Mm-hmm. Spurs 2012. Jesus. No, he didn't play. He, played he was playing up front for Spurs in 2012. Jermaine Defoe. Correct. Jermaine Defoe. Aaron Lennon. Aaron Lennon. Correct, John. Ooh. Aaron Lennon was a good shout because he could have played for either team. Yes. Um... Tension in the face, Rog. He went first, didn't you? So if you get it wrong, I still get it right. Yeah. Kyle Walker? Kyle Walker! <laughs> Starting for Spurs! Ooh. Ooh, that came from nowhere. That wasn't even on your list. John. I'm going to go with Asuakoto, left back. Bow, bow. Oh, yeah. no. Is that your last life? Yeah. That was you. Rog wins. Roger. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Whoa. You, Steven, you're gonna, you're gonna... Stephen Corker was my next one. He played. He played. Oh. So Hugo Lloris in goal. <laughs> Kyle Walker. Lloris has been there that long. William Gallus. Stephen Corker. Jan Vertonghen. Aaron Lennon. Clint Dempsey. Musa oh, Dembele. Oh, I didn't get any of the Spurs players. Sandro. Oh. oh. Adebayor. Oh, I've got added by all. Oh, Jermaine Defoe. Uh, on the bench, Brad Friedel, Tom Huddleston, Kyle Norton, Sigerson, uh, Livermore and Townsend. Oh, I was so lucky with Sigerson coming yeah. Well, but I, <laughs> I actually thought that because I'm like, he came off the bench every game when he was um, there. Everton team, you're missing a few more staples. So Tim Howard, Seamus Coleman, Phil Jagielka. Oh, of course. Oh, of course yeah. Sylvan Distan. 
Oh. Yeah. Lane Baines, Kevin Morelles, Darren Gibson, Leon Osman. Oh, Gibson I had. Pinar, Fellaini, Jelovic on the bench. Johnny Heitinger. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oviedo, Naismith, Thomas Hitzelsberger. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, Hitzelsberger <laughs> hammer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ross Barkley and Antonios Velios. Very, very wow. good. I love that Jellyman played. That, um, See, extra that made my night. Makes it way better, Jeff. Uh, Rog. That you would have. It would all been over after thirty seconds. Great game, everyone. It was brilliant. I'm, I mean, I must admit, so maybe the second life helps you get. You get in the brain. Yeah, because I think you know it's easy to make a mistake, but then once you get a couple of players, are like, oh, I, I remember then, that. Yeah, remember yeah. that one and that one. Yeah. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No, good game's a good game. No, that's the wrong saying. Quick game. <laughs> <laughs> Quick podcast, a good podcast. That's the. Come on, uh, do I, I need we a should week. just oh, end it with saying, oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's draw it out. It really needs a piss. Well done, Liverpool. Yes, well done, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Jeff's off. He's going for a wee. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions or tell us wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya. Man. Jeff's